I'm Danny, that witch next door. And you're listening to That Witch Podcast. everybody and welcome back to another episode of that witch podcast i'm danny that witch next door your guide your instructor and your mentor in all things magic witchcraft astrology and of course witchy business so today's episode as i'm sure you already noticed by that timestamp, is a chunky one but i promise it's not only worth it you're gonna love it Today's Fundamental of Magic episode is covering some of my most favorite things in the world, and I cannot wait to jump into that. But before we do, we have some announcements today. First up, I would like to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Podzilla Productions. My husband, Jared Wright, owns the lovely Podzilla, and he is insanely talented and knowledgeable and skillful when it comes to all things audio. So no, it's not my mic that sounds so good, but thank you all so much for always complimenting and inquiring about the microphone that we have. And I have no idea what it is. Sorry about that. Sorry, babe. I'm not selling that part very well, but Uh, The reason I sound so good is because of the absolute wizard that my husband is with his editing software. So not only does he edit shows, he is also gearing up to start offering um, podcast editing education as well, to start teaching other upcoming podcast hosts how to edit their own audio with the really just easy, basic software and steps so that you sound crystal clear, really professional, and um, you're obviously saving money on editing, obviously. (laughs) So, podzillaproductions.com, you can go there right now. You can find a link in the description to book a service with my husband for your episode or consultation. And uh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, next up on the announcements docket is my free masterclass coming up, coming up very soon, by the way. It is going to be on Thursday, September 30th at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Don't worry at all if you can't make the live class. Um, I am going to also make the replay available for free as well. But this is called How to Start a Witchy Business That's Actually Legit and You Are Going to Love It. Are you a tarot reader trying to get your readings like really up and off the ground? Are you a new astrology reader that's really finally starting to feel comfortable with your knowledge and you want to start offering your services? Are you a spiritual intuitive or creative and you are ready to to get on Etsy or maybe get off of Etsy and and stand out on your own? Are you ready to start establishing your social media presence um, and really genuinely start taking your witchy or spiritual or astro business seriously? You don't want to just you know, start an Instagram and not know what you're doing. And if that's you right now, then this class is for you. Okay. It's totally 100% free. No obligation. I promise you. I am going to tell you about my awesome mentorship program at the end of the class because 
this masterclass is actually a full week's worth of content and materials directly from my Think and Grow Witch mentorship that I will be launching very, very soon. Um, the wait list for that is filling up way faster. Serious, like I keep saying it. I keep coming on video and saying that. And every time I do, I'm like, oh my God. Um, it's amazing. Keep, um, keep signing up for the wait list, but don't forget to submit your application. Submitting that pre-application is key um, to getting scheduled with me for a compatibility call. Okay. That application just really shows me that you're definitely, definitely interested in the program. Um, but this free masterclass is a full week's worth of content and materials from this program that I am giving you for free, not just the, um, the lecture portion, but I will also be giving you the full complete guide and workbook from that section of the program as well. So it's a really nice uh, companion to the actual class itself. And you are not going to want to miss this. This class is going to be about 90 minutes long and it is going to be packed with information so that you can really feel confident starting your business. Or maybe if you already did and you feel like you're flopping a little bit, this is going to genuinely help get you on track. And at the end of the, uh, um, I almost said episode, at the end of the class, I'll be doing a live Q&A. So it's a really great opportunity to come and get your specific question answered by me. Okay. So if you are interested in joining me for this masterclass, it's going to be live via Zoom Thursday, September 30th at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Again, if you can't make it live, that is totally okay. What you can do is you can either send me a DM on Instagram or you can shoot me an email to thatwitchnextdoor at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at thatwitch.nextdoor and just send me your first and last name and your email address and I will send you the link to the class, okay? And then um, that email that you provide is also where I will send the replay, whether you can come live or not. So look at that. You get this whole class for free. You don't want to miss this opportunity, seriously, okay? So don't miss out on that. It's very, very soon. It's only nine days away. And lastly, what I want to let you know is if you are listening to this episode, um, if you're listening to the audio version of this episode right now, I really do want to encourage you to listen or to watch, good Lord, can I freaking talk today? I do want to encourage you to watch the YouTube video for today because I am bribing you with a super, super visual episode today. I'm sure you already saw an episode title. We are talking all about the fundamentals of altars and tools in witchcraft. And I am very excited. I brought lots of my favorite goodies, not all of them because there's not enough space on my husband's desk at all. And I will break something and he would not appreciate that. So I am bribing you to get you over to YouTube, please, to watch this episode today. And please don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm going to get real with you. Even if you don't like watching the episodes on YouTube, it's totally fine. You can listen to me audio forever. I promise I will always love you. Please still go subscribe to my YouTube channel. 
It really helps my YouTube analytics. It really helps my reach a lot. And um, when you're fresh, fresh starting out on YouTube or any social media platform from scratch, you know how it feels. So this is my super shameless plug. Uh, Please go subscribe to my YouTube channel, even if you don't want to watch my videos. I would really appreciate the subscription. So thank you. And now it's on to the episode. But for real, you would probably like to watch this one because there's lots of good stuff here today. Where do I even begin? I have so many goodies in front of me and I'm going to really try not to spill any of my drinks while I record. So here's what I tried to do today. I tried to bring a wide variety of tools Uh, but still kind of keep things basic. I didn't really bring anything out of the super ordinary. I kept things overall pretty basic because I did want this to still be a fundamentals episode, okay? So I still wanted this to kind of be down to the basics, Um, but I still wanted to bring a nice variety just to show you that honestly, your altar can have whatever the fuck you want on it. And Ladies and gentlemen and everyone and magical folks near and wide, um, that's lesson number one of today, okay, is your altar, your rules, baby, okay? I see so much passionate, passionate um, rule stating about altars. (laughs) online. Okay. Here's the deal. An altar is like a life. It's nobody else's but your own. Okay. And everyone can have the biggest fucking opinion about it that they want to. And that's fine. Let people have like a humongous opinion about your altar. Sure. If that makes them feel really good, I hope you have a really big opinion about my altar and what I do with it. Um, It doesn't matter. It's my altar. It's my place of worship period. Okay. So that's lesson number one today, folks strap in. Um, and then also I will say that being said, you're going to want to first and foremost, brush up on your cleansing and your protection magic and techniques. Okay. So your altar, your rules, but let's make sure that this area is really well purified, um, physically and energetically, and then also very, very firmly protected as well. I do a lot, a lot of protection magic. It's not to brag, but kind of the upside of having health-related and disaster-related anxiety. (laughs) If you struggle with anxiety um, and you're a witch, you probably do a fuck ton of protection magic. (laughs) And um, that's awesome. I do the exact same thing. And for me, it's honestly a very, very effective tool for my anxiety. So um, it's also very good practice for your spiritual and sacred space like your altar. So you do really want to make sure that all of your tools, any object, any talisman, whether it's even if it's just little shelves or or boxes you have on there, you know, even if it's not the actual tool, like it's a holder or a container, everything really does need to be cleansed. Okay. Uh, I don't even give myself a lot of wiggle room on this. My altar is the sacred space. There's other places for mess and for wiggle room in my life, I assure you. 
I assure you, I leave room for those things in my life. My altar is one of those places that I keep with the utmost respect. Okay. Now, that being said, do things get dusty? Yeah, 100%. And do I go a little bit long in between like cleaning and like tidying it up? Yes, absolutely. What I am saying though, is that whenever I want a new tool for my, my altar, whether it's something that was gifted to me or something that I purchased on purpose, that puppy gets cleansed. Okay. So no matter what it gets cleansed, I don't care where it came from or how it was purchased. I don't care if the very nice lady at the store cleansed it for me. That's very nice and very, it was still a very valid and effective cleansing. Uh, it is still very much part of my personal uh, ritual to cleanse every cleanse and consecrate every single object that goes on my altar. Now, this brings me to the term consecrate. A lot of people have not heard this word or don't know what it means. It just means to bless something, to make something sacred because you deem it so. Okay. So if there was, for example, like another person that you worshiped, that person could consecrate something for you. In this line of, I almost said in this line of work, I guess it is a line of work, in this line of spirituality, in this type of lifestyle, in witchcraft, typically you are the person who does the blessing and the consecrating. But I do ask my guides and I do ask my gods and goddesses to bless certain things for me in addition to my myself also consecrating the object. So I am kind of going over like the general things and the general practice around altars and then we'll get into to the specific tools, by the way. So remembering to have good overall strong protection, right? So almost every time I step up to my altar, I put a protection orb around me and around my altar. And I speak and visualize a long-term protection orb over my sacred space very regularly, if not every day, every other day. I mean, very, very frequently. And, you know, I have had to remind a lot of uh, baby witches or beginner practitioners this, but there is a lot of power in repeating and doing something regular like that. Ritual is very sacred, but I want you to also give yourself peace of mind and know that that magic does carry over and that protection does carry over in between the times of you speaking it. Okay. And if at any time that magic or that energy does feel like weakened or dampened, then just go refresh it and go do it again. Um, you know, kind of naturally today, we'll talk a little bit about hexing and cursing and stuff like that, but we're not going to necessarily focus on it today. But mainly what I want to remind you is that because an altar is such a sacred space, and because we connect so much in our online community within the spiritual and witchcraft community, an altar in our practice can feel very vulnerable as well. And a lot of seasoned witches and practitioners will remind you that it is that. It is a vulnerable space and to be mindful of that. 
I also want you to know that you can reach a level of protection over that space that makes it not vulnerable anymore, if that makes sense. So some people, and what I'm leading into here is some people choose adamantly to keep their altar and their tools and anything to do with their practice explicitly private. Sometimes they keep it private because they literally live somewhere where they uh, don't feel safe sharing it. Um, But sometimes they keep it private because in that privacy, it makes uh, that sacred space and those tools more protected and more sacred. Then you have the flip side of the spectrum, the opposite end of the spectrum that, you know, as long as you put protection over your objects and your space, you can share any and all parts of your practice that you want to. I would agree with that end of the spectrum, though I don't do it, if that makes sense. So I agree that you can show and share whatever the fuck you want. I don't care at all. Um, you are going to technically, yes, especially if you get more and more exposure online, there is more probability that someone could try to hex you or send negative energy toward you or towards your sacred space. Um, and then in which case I would encourage you to just educate yourself in hex and curse breaking and cleanse yourself of that. That's why I get frustrated is that I, I understand that curses can be very powerful, but I also choose to empower myself with the power to break any, any curse or hex that is sent my fucking way. Myself and my spiritual team will ensure of that. And so that's really the best attitude that you can take. That's really the best power that you can take on. And then you can choose what you do and don't want to share with people. And that's what I do. So I share a decent amount of my altar and my tools and my, and, and good chunks of my practice with everybody on social media. And you're going to see a lot of my tools today. And I take big pictures of my altar as well and, and post those online. I don't take pictures and show pictures of my book of shadows which is different than my journals, by the way, which is what I have to show you here today. Uh, my book of shadows is definitely different than those. And I, I don't, I never have taken a picture of it. And um, I, I think I've shown some people the physical book itself when I very first started practicing, cause I've had it forever. Um, but I, I haven't done that in a long time. I don't share it with most people. And then the parts of my practice that I keep the most private are my actual spells and rituals. Sometimes I'll take up close shots and share those online once in a while. But I don't like take pictures of my ritual and walk you through what I do and things like that. I don't. I definitely have plans to put out spell books in the future. Don't get me wrong. They're really, really fun to write. Just like I definitely have plans to write a cookbook as well. But uh, as far as my personal magic goes, when I'm performing a specific money spell, when I'm performing a specific self-love ritual or divination, like 
third eye opening spell or whatever. I usually don't share that at all. I keep things like that private. Um, and a lot of my rituals, I don't take a picture at all. Sometimes taking a picture feels like you're empowering the ritual. And sometimes it feels like you're taking away power from the ritual. So you just always, always want to use your best judgment and follow your intuition because it could totally change day to day, ritual to ritual. Just follow your gut and make sure again that you are spiritually and energetically cleansing and spiritually and energetically protecting yourself and whatever it is that you're doing. Okay. Now I do want to talk briefly about altar etiquette. When we talk about this being a sacred space, what the fuck does that mean, right? What really makes it more sacred than any other surface area besides, you know, the tools that you put on it, right? Or or the the gods or goddesses that you worship and speak with on it. Well, to me, even more than that, it's how you treat the area. It's your behavior and your thoughts around the area. And so I do not use my altar as like just any old surface area ever. I never set my phone on it ever. Um, the only time I like set my phone on it is when I'm filming like a video or a TikTok or a reel or something. And I'm just filming up close, but I never use it as a shelf is what I mean. I never just put shit on there. If I actually used to ask permission to set down my lighter every time before I set it down. And now it's like, all right, the lighter's part of the fucking deal. <laughs> I think we can all agree that I can set the lighter down. Um, but one thing you can actually do is really decorate a lighter and make it really special and bless it and consecrate it. And then um, it could actually be a tool on your altar, which I do keep meaning to do and I just keep not doing it. So this just reminded me and I'll do that. But it overall, it's your attitude and your behavior around it. So I don't just use it like any old surface area. My altar, my main altar, I have four, um, but my main altar is in my bedroom on my dresser. And my main altar is on my dresser in my bedroom. And, you know, I used to use my altar or my altar. I used to use my dresser I don't know the way that I would assume most people still use their dresser, <laughs> what they use it for. I used to put like jewelry on there and perfume and I don't know, different little knickknacks or pictures or things like that. And so it, the reason I'm telling you this is it took me a long time to unlearn the mindless habit of just throwing shit on my altar. So I used to just throw my, phone on there all the time. Anything. I throw all kinds of things on there all the time. I still have to get dressed. So I still open the drawers and like get clothes all the time. And a lot of times I'm holding something in my hands and, you know, it sure is convenient having a surface area right there. <laughs> but that is one of the ways that I really do <clears throat> show my dedication and my commitment, not just to, to my guides and my deities. It's to show that commitment and dedication to myself. That's how I show myself that I keep somewhere so sacred, so special that I refuse to act and think and behave mindful or mindlessly around it. 
Nice. I refuse to act mindfully around it. What a great thing to say. (laughs) I refuse to act mindlessly around it. And I'm not saying that we need to be so rigid in our behavior and our thoughts that we're like constantly suffering or constantly stressed out or anxious. Our, Our spirituality should not make us feel stressed out and anxious. I've said it once and I'll say it again a million times. If there is anything in like witchcraft or astrology or any part of this path that sucks and that you don't like and is stressing you out or making you feel pressure or whatever, let it go. Let it go. I will talk about this when we get to the tools, but I got crazy crystal obsessed which probably every witch does at one point or another. And some just stay crystal obsessed. And I love those crystal witches. Um, But I got to a point for me personally um, where I was stressed out because I didn't have anywhere to put all of these stones. A lot of them were tumbled and I didn't put them on display or anything. And I just, I was up to my ears and I really get triggered and stressed out from clutter, things that look super, super cluttered. Kind of like the shit show I have in front of me, I wish you could see. But having that many crystals that I wasn't using, I wasn't connected with, I really only bought it because I was a new witch and it was really exciting and it was really fun to buy new crystals and new tools and stuff like that. And I had to let it go, man. One day I finally was like, you have served your time with me. Thank you thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. And I release you. And I cleansed every single one of those little beauties and I donated them. And there's lots of ways you can donate your tools and and you can like really ethically release things. Okay. Without, you know, just throwing shit in the trash and therefore the landfill or whatever. So there are lots of ways that you can release old versions of yourself and old versions and parts of your practice. Okay. That's why I love these fundamentals episodes, because like I said, um, I don't know, a few episodes ago, they really are for everybody. These really are good reminders, no matter how long you've been practicing, whether it's a few months or many, many years you are often going to go through transformations in your spirituality. You're going to go through rebirth periods. And therefore, you kind of stack up old shit, old baggage, old versions of yourself, and therefore old tools, right? And it's okay to let those parts go and to say, thank you for everything that you've done for me. Thank you for our time together. You have served your purpose with me. And now I lovingly release you. And if there's something you want to release without the love in it, that's totally okay too. Um, okay. Now, alter etiquette. We're not just setting shit on there. We're not acting and thinking super mindlessly. This is a place that you really step into the energy of, okay? I really feel myself cross over this invisible threshold when I step up to my altar, which is hilarious because technically with the way our room is arranged and where my altar is, my I have to stand on my dog's bed, which is actually adorable because 
most of my altar is dedicated to Hades. And um, I have an all black dog. And so I find it actually very appropriate and endearing and adorable that my dog sleeps at the foot of um, my altar for Hades. Isn't that so cute? Like Cerebus. Anyways, sorry, little Greeky Hellenistic witch nerd out over here. Anyways, I really feel myself step over this invisible threshold when I step into the space of my altar. And I'm not saying that I stress myself out by speaking like crazy formally and you know what I mean? I still show up very authentically and I am myself, but I do show up with the most respect that I have. That's how I show up wholeheartedly to my sacred space and to my altar is with nothing but my utmost respect. That's the energy, okay? And the more you do that every single fucking time you work with or sit at or stand at your altar, the more that that energy will build and collect there. And the same goes for the cleansing and the same goes for the energy protection and the same goes for all the beautiful things that you manifest in that space. When you, oh, even talking about it, I have such amazing chills right now. When you do all of these magical acts and think all these magical thoughts every time you're in this space and you make a point to let go of, even if it's just for a little while, just while you're standing in that space, you agree to release and let go of anything stagnant, anything that would, you know, harsh the vibe or hold you back, right? Anything like that at all, anything that would harm anything. When you let go of all that and step into that energy space and you create this magic over and over again and you protect it and you manifest there and you say your thanks there, the magic and imprint that you will build and leave, it's it's immense. And just so you know, in my opinion, this is the point of an altar. It becomes this like life, blood, heart center of your work when you really create one true sacred space. And we can have many of them. Don't get me wrong. I have multiple sacred spaces. I'm not saying that I don't, but I do have one true life, blood, heart center place. And that's my main altar at my dresser in my bedroom. And it has become that because of all of the energy I have brought into that space and all of the energy I have banished from that space as well. And it has become this center for just like nothing but nourishment and power for my practice. And that's why when you have a nice, healthy, cared for, respected, sacred altar, no matter where you go, no matter how far away from it at any time you may be, it's working, it's nourishing, and it's empowering. It's giving its lifeblood. <gasps> it's powerful shit. Even talking about it, I just, my heart's like pounding right now, <laughs> giving all these heart analogies. But seriously, <clears throat> It's a really powerful place. 
And if you are a long time practicing witch, I think that this is a really empowering reminder. I think it's a really inspiring reminder. And, uh, God, even talking about it, I just thought of like a million different Instagram posts to make and share with you guys. So yay, look out for those. Okay. So we're remembering our etiquette. We're remembering our mindset around this place because of how sacred and important it is because of the true underlying purpose that this space and this altar serves. What does it look like, right? That's the part that we're starting to get into now. What does it look like? And there are tons of different types. So like I already said, I have four. There are tons of types of altars and many different reasons for altars and many different dedications, okay? God, there's boundless dedications. There are infinite things you can dedicate an altar to. Pick a thing dedicate an altar to it. There you go. Like it's infinite the things. Um, some people have an altar just for a deity. Some people worship multiple deities at one altar. Um, <clears throat> some play- people are limited on space and they have one main altar and worship just in general there. They they call forth different energies or different members of their spiritual team, right? Call on the elements, call on the universe. They call on many, many different types of energies and beings, but work with them in this one main space. Um, there, And when I say types, this can be types as in dedications, like I said, like different energies that you work with and worship there, but also physical types. Mine's on a dresser. This could be a coffee table. It could be an end table. It could be a nightstand. It could be a tin, a metal tin. Have have you ever seen those cute little portable like Altoids tins? And they're little like travel altars. Um, I have uh, technically two at my workspace, actually. I technically have two. So really I have a total of five altars then. But I do technically have two altars at my workspace. I almost consider the whole entire desk an altar. So maybe it's one giant one or there's two, one on each end of my desk. And then I have an altar in my kitchen because I... <clears throat> I am a very dedicated kitchen witch. And so having an altar in my kitchen is very, very, very important to me. That is the center for all of my kitchen and all of my hearth magic. I do some of my hearth magic down here at our hearth. Um, but the hearth, what it represents is the heart center of your home. And a lot of times this is the kitchen because this is the place that people come to and like join together the most, that is definitely true in our house. So that is why I absolutely had to have an altar in our kitchen. I think that was my second altar ever. I'm pretty sure that was my top priority after the, my main altar in my bedroom. And then I have one in my bathroom. So I have really dedicated my mirror, sink, makeup, shower space. My bathroom itself really is an altar. I take a lot, a lot of pride in my bathroom um, because I am such a water witch and such a water sign. And, and I, you know, you've listened to me say this a million times. I have so, so much water in my chart. And so I do a lot of water work in the bathroom with bath rituals and shower rituals and stuff. And then I wash, I'm 
very ritualistic about my skincare and getting ready, my glamour magic. And so I really, probably a year or two ago, really dedicated my bathroom to my, to my witchcraft and my, my sacred space. So those are my main areas just to give you an idea of how completely different they all are. Okay. Some people have a special place in their closet because that's safe and it's hidden and it's private, but it's their own. Um, some people have it there, not just because they, you know, maybe they're hiding their practice from people because they don't feel safe sharing it. Maybe people know about their practice, but they just want a physically private place to go. So a lot of people will put their altar in a space that they can go be alone. And this is where that travel altar really, really comes in for a lot of different people. That travel altar can fit so many different kinds of lifestyles. And the cool part is it's a really good way to practice minimal magic. And I love that. We're going to start talking about minimal magic more and more so that, you know, just as part of a ethical, sustainable witchcraft practice, right? And being really mindful of our environment and and our consumption and, and things like that. So, so a working altar really encourages, you know, keeping the most important things because you can only travel with so much. You're a little bit limited when it comes to space. And in some ways, this can be really, really beautiful, actually, because you keep the most important things and you're almost constantly in this state of transformation transformation and shed where you're constantly thanking and releasing these old versions and old tools of yours. I really love that. So allow yourself to be really open-minded and really, really creative when it comes to making your altar. And if you already have an altar, I hope that you're still feeling really inspired by this, whether that is going to your altar right now and letting your intuition run wild or adding a whole new altar somewhere in your life, whether that's in your home or again, in your car, actually technically, oh, there's another one. You know, they keep coming. I do have altars everywhere. I do also have in my car. I really bless my car as well. Again, health and disaster related anxiety. I energetically cleanse and protect my car regularly. And I have a nice big fat evil eye hanging in my rear view mirror and I love it. So let yourself be really creative. Let yourself be really open-minded. Don't let yourself, here's a list of don'ts. Don't let yourself be bogged down by other people's aesthetics. So just because you're inspired by somebody and it looks so good, don't let that make you think that yours won't look good or not as good. It's not about that. Aesthetic is as important as you want and need it to be. Always, whether it's a ritual, a page in your journal or book of shadows or your altar. Okay. And honestly, an Instagram picture. Do you, I guarantee you that you are probably critiquing it way more than anybody else is going to. And a lot of people would probably like to see it. I'm talking about the picture on Instagram, but as far as your altar goes, do you like it? Do you, does it look pleasing to you? That's what matters. Do you look at your altar and does it stress you out? Because that's happened to me before. Busy witch life. 
So if it becomes stressful or unenjoyable, what do we do? We look for the areas of disalignment and we release. Okay. So now that we understand the overall general building blocks around an altar, right? As far as what you put on it, this episode is not like the tools that I'm about to show you. I am not sitting here and saying these are the absolute must haves on your altar. I'm not saying that at all. These are my favorite tools. Okay. That's, that's all. And I am really excited to show them with you. Okay. So let's do this. All right. I know that at the very beginning of the episode, I prefaced everything by letting you know that this would be a nice long episode and everything, but it was still even a little bit longer than I had planned. So I decided at the last minute to go ahead and split this up into two parts. So you are just now completing part one. Come back next week for part two, where I will give you the actual tour through all of the tools. I really, really recommend uh, heading over to YouTube for that part of the episode, just because it is so, so uh, visual. But thank you so much as always for for tuning in and I'll see y'all next week. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode of That Witch Podcast. I seriously appreciate every single listen, every single download of every single episode. If you want to help continue to support the show, you can leave me a five-star review on iTunes. That really helps me reach other people that would enjoy the show as well. You can also just share the show with a friend or tag me on social media where you can also follow me at thatwitch.nextdoor on both Instagram and TikTok. If you want to work with me, I offer some really, really awesome one-on-one sessions with my clients. And I also will be launching a very cool mentorship coming up in the fall. If you want to book a session or join the waitlist for the mentorship, head over to my website, thatwitchnextdoor.com. And don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel so you can get access to every pre-show tarot reading that I do before every single episode, as well as some other fun stuff I have planned for YouTube down the line. All right. Thanks again, everyone. I appreciate all of you so much. Stay magical out there. 